welcome back to episode 7 of Mum Talk. I still can't believe it when I say episode 7. Cannot believe we've been going for 7 weeks, but there we are. The weeks are spinning by, although I don't feel like they're spinning by in my pregnancy, but there you go. So this week I am talking to my beautiful friend, Rebecca Anderton Davies. You will probably know her if you follow the yoga world as somewhat rad on Instagram. I first met Rebecca a really long time ago in London when she came to one of my yoga brunches that I was running in London kind of every month. And we had a really lovely connection and it's been so great to stay in contact with her. And she is now pregnant if you don't follow her. Um, If you do follow her, you will know Rebecca as yoga cat pregnant lady. (laughs) Um, So Rebecca is six months pregnant and she has so much to share with us. She's been through a lot of uh, stuff this year, especially health-wise. So it's really interesting to actually listen to a mum who is high or a mum-to-be who is high pregnancy, high-risk pregnancy. Um, We talk about so much during this podcast, I don't want to ruin it, but it's everything from baby moons to her yoga practice to her plans for shared parental leave, weight loss, um, surrendering to that diet, cats, because she's got cats, um, apps, and and lots and lots of little things um, in the podcast, lots of tips um, in there. So I am really really looking forward to seeing how you guys connect with this podcast we do share a lot on here it's another biggie it's an hour and 30 minutes so do try and stick with it if you can i will just let you know that this podcast was recorded via skype i couldn't get my little butt to london so this is on skype during the podcast there are a couple of moments where rebecca does drop out i haven't edited these out because i'm still there And they only last literally a few seconds and she comes back. And if it's not obvious what she's kind of tried to say, I have asked her to repeat it. So please do try and stick with us on that. Um, And hopefully they won't um, stop you from enjoying listening. All right. Well, have a great time listening. Whatever you're doing whilst this podcast is running, enjoy. And I will check in with you at the end. I will just say very briefly that Rebecca and I talked for about 10 minutes before um, I have introduced you guys into the conversation. Uh, We just had a little bit of catching up to do, uh, but it just made the podcast super, super long. So, and it was fairly unnecessary stuff um, and not particularly helpful for you guys. So here we go. We get straight into it. So just tell me to start with like all about your pregnancy. So let's start with trimesters first. So how did you feel in your first trimester versus your second? So I full disclaimer, starting off, I've been really, really lucky, I think. Um, first trimester, I mean, and, and I've heard you talk about this, like I knew I was pregnant from like week one. Um, you know, before I could do a test because, yeah. you know, my, I, as I said to my husband one morning, I was like, I can feel my boobs. Um, and he kind of looked at me at me. I was like, I was like, you don't normally feel them. Like, it's like not a thing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we found out, you know, whatever it is, as soon as you can do the test, like a few weeks in. Um, and for those first few weeks, it was really odd because, you know, I knew, but I didn't feel, I felt fine. Mm. Um, and then, like, so, I don't know, six, seven weeks, um, t- I started getting, like, so tired. Like, deep down in my bones, exhausted. 
Um, and also it was the end of the year and with my job, you know, I, I, I work in the city and so I work, you know, I can work really long hours and especially at Christmas I do a lot of client entertaining. Um, and so I was fake drinking my way through <laughs> these like, you know, midnight, two o'clock, like going out client sessions, which is, which is not fun. Um, though it was quite funny because I come in the morning and look awful and all my colleagues are like, oh, big night. And, and I just be like stone cold sober, no hangover at all, which is because I just like, because it's grim. Um, and yeah, so part, and then exhaustion, that was kind of it. I didn't, I had one day of awful morning sickness, um, again, around seven weeks, um, which, yeah, I, I don't know how people deal with that if it's, for months and months I know you've had a lot of nausea um I was like I it was I was inconsolable on the sofa for a day um but it was that was it and then I started feeling better and my energy started coming back I don't know maybe 12 14 weeks something like that um and I feel amazing oh amazing yeah it's it's the dream I've been so so lucky so you're 24 and a half weeks today yes Yes. Amazing. So July, baby. Yes, end of July. Um, so summer, baby. That's so it's nice. quite funny whenever I tell people now. I'm like, you know, end of July, and ev- the first thing everybody says is, "Oh my gosh, that's so soon." And I'm like, "No, it's not. It's ages away." But yeah, it's quite. Um, it's getting, especially I think once you once you get past, once you do the twenty week scan. And you know that they're okay. Yeah. And once you get past twenty-four weeks, and you think, "Wow, something," you know, if he if if he came early, um, he would be okay or have a chance at being okay. Then it kind of feels a lot more real. Oh, I am. I'm so nervous about my twenty-week scan. My twenty-week scan is in two. Well, just under two weeks. Yeah. And it is like I, I got really nervous before my twelve week scan, and I am now nervous. Well, I'm not. I mean, I'm not nervous yet, but I can see that if I let it get out of hand, I will become really nervous for my twenty week scan. Yeah. How did it's, you kind of? Did I, you feel that you got nervous for your scans? Um, I. So we um, because we found out we in like mid November, and so we decided to tell our families because both our families would be together on Christmas. So we decided to tell everybody on Christmas Day, um, and then a couple of weeks before Christmas, I um, kind of had a little bit of a panic. I was like, I can't tell everybody on Christmas, and then it's my twelve week scan two weeks later, and then find out that you know that, that there's not a heartbeat or that there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, so we did an early scan at nine weeks, um, and again, like, I. I was, you know, I thought I was pretty calm about it until we heard the heartbeat, and then I just I burst into tears. Um, you know, and this sonographer was very sweet. She was like, you know, it's very emotional, and um, but you know, it was kind of extra emotional for us because it had been quite a journey getting to that point. Um, yeah, so actually, then it meant the twelve week scan. I was a bit calmer because I knew he was okay, and we. Um, we had done we decided to do the the harmony test yeah we did that um, well. yeah uh, you know um all power to people that that choose not to but it felt like the right decision um for us so we actually ended up having three scans <laughs> between oh, like nine and and 13 weeks um yeah and actually by the 20 week scan i felt him moving quite a lot so i kind of knew he was 
he was in there and he was okay. Um, and you're yeah. saying he a lot, so you yeah, yeah, he found out the sex. And you've just found out you're having a girl. We have, so we found out from the harmony. Yeah. Um, one as well so yeah we've we just found out which which is crazy because I honestly thought I was having a boy like I could have sworn I was having yeah. a boy so it was a bit of a shock actually so I'm quite pleased that we did because I think if we if we hadn't have found out the sex and you know day of giving birth I would have been really shocked and really yeah. taken aback I think because I was just adamant that it was a boy so it's funny I- I was quite, to be honest, I was a bit upset when I found out it was a boy because I have this vision. I've always felt, me and my husband have been together for a crazy amount of time, like 13 plus years, and I've always felt that um, that we would have loads and loads of boys, and I have this vision of myself, and he's, I'm tall, I'm 5'9 plus, he's, he's 6'3, 6'4. Wow. So I, I'm just going to be surrounded by giant hungry smelly boys <laughs> for the rest of my life um and so when we found out it was a part of me I was like if this is a girl then like that vision isn't gonna come true and then it was a boy and I was like oh god I'm, I'm never gonna have a daughter um and, and my husband was like no all it means is that this one's a boy it doesn't mean you're never gonna have a daughter like don't you know dramatize these things um but yeah now now I'm really excited about it Oh, that's so cute. It's so cute. It's nice, isn't it, to be able to... We keep... We still keep saying he, which is really bad. And I'm like, no, we know now. We know now. It's a she. And baby names are horrific. We... I pretty much had boy baby names solid. But girl baby names, I have no idea. Not a clue. No idea. What about you? Have you kind of got a solid list? Yeah, well, we've picked a name, um, but we haven't shared it with any, anybody. No. Um, we've been, you know, and maybe we, we can get onto this, but like, it's been quite, it was quite a journey for us um, getting getting pregnant, and we've been very open with our friends and our family about all of that. And you know, you, you know, there's lots of like funny stories, right, about you know legs and stirrups and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so it just kind of felt like weird. I kind of, now we're here that I just I just want one bit I think that's just for us until he's here and then yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely I mean Hendrik said the other day he's like right well you know I'm going to run a couple of baby names past my mum because we have the complication of having the English baby name it's sounds in the French, French thing yeah French other way if it's if it's French you've got to be able to say it in English and it not sound stupid um, and he, he was like I don't want my mum to wince and I was like I know but but everyone's going to have their opinion on a name. Everybody is, and not everyone's going to like it. And it's going to take a bit of time, especially if it's not like a dead set baby name. Yeah. Out of the book kind of thing. So I was like, let's keep it to ourselves if we like it for now. I mean, I made the mistake of telling my mum one, and it wasn't really one that we were ever going to use. And my mum was like, are you serious? Are you exactly. actually serious? <laughs> I just can't. Yeah, and you know, my mum is a teacher, so she's seen, you know, classes and classes and classes of kids come through. Yeah, I just, and someone's going to have, you know, that rubbish ex boyfriend that did that crazy to the. Decision, and I don't, want, I don't, I just don't want it to be up for discussion. So we're just going to keep it for us. And then once he's here and it's done, no one's going to say anything because we're all too British and polite. So it'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the internet just dropped out a tiny little bit there. So I'm sorry, listeners, but you got, you got what Rebecca was saying. <laughs> um, 
so I don't want to brush over the fact that you mentioned earlier about um, you not knowing if you were able to get pregnant and this being quite a journey for you. So if you're happy to, would you touch on that a little bit for us, your journey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, again, you know, and I'll preface all of this by saying we've been, you know, it was a journey, but in the grand scheme of these things, we've still been incredibly lucky, not least because I'm pregnant now, but because, you know, it wasn't as complicated as it could have been, but um, at the end of um, where are we now? At the end of 2016, um, I got really ill, um, and I was diagnosed with multiple pulmonary embolisms. Um, which, for those that don't know, and I hope most of you never find out, um, those are blood clots in your lungs, um, and it's a really serious condition. It's that it's fatal for, for over 30% of people um, that get them. Um, and it kind of came out of nowhere, to be honest. Um, I We still don't really know why it happened. Um, it, I, it turns out that I now I now know that I have a blood clotting disorder, but I had no idea that I had it. Um, and I'd been on the pill for a very long time, and that adds to your blood clot risk factors. Um, you know, but I, both of those things have been true for over 10 years, and I've never had any issues before. So it kind of happened out of nowhere. Um, I got... I didn't really understand, I didn't notice, <laughs> doctors kind of look shocked when I say this, but like I didn't really appreciate what was happening, and I had shortness of breath, I was losing a lot of weight, um, but it all was very, very like insidious, it wasn't like a big bang event, so it took me a couple of months to get, finally get diagnosed, um, and at that point I was, I was quite ill, um, and then we spent a couple of months trying to work out why it happened. And there are, you know, it's the, the blood clotting disorder, um, a, a risk factor of being on the pill, but also um, cancer. No way. blood clots. So you had a fun few months of, well, a few weeks really, like six, eight weeks um, of ruling out whether um, I had cancer or not. And on that kind of discovery journey, um, I got told um, that I had polycystic ovaries. Um, which I had no idea about. I've never had any issues when I was a kid, and you know, I went on the pill. I'm sure as lots of women um, of our generation did at you know 18ish, um, and and yeah. So you know, they t- you start doing a bit of research. They told me that you know it would potentially be difficult for us to have kids. Um, but to be honest, at the time we were just so focused on kind of me staying alive and yeah. I have quite a lot of damage to my lungs and my heart. And so um, it kind of seemed like a second order problem. And part of me part of me was like, well, I never had issues when I was a kid. So, oh, you know, when, my, when I was a teenager and I first had my period, so it will be fine. But scroll forward a year basically, and I still, my periods hadn't come back. And so we started at that point, um, so I was 31. Um, once I'd got the sign off from the doctors that, you know, everything, and thankfully all my heart and lung damage um, repaired itself and, and things. So then we started speaking to fertility doctors about what we could do in a world where I wasn't having periods and, um, and things. And, um, yeah, so we started... Uh, yeah, number one advice was put some weight on. I'd lost a lot of weight when I was ill, so we did. You know, that wasn't it, it, intellectually super fun, but actually spending some eating chocolate was pretty good. So um, <laughs> we did that, and then thankfully my period started coming back. Um, but we did a first round of fertility treatment. We used a drug called um, Clomid, 
um, which, funnily enough, my mum was on when she got pregnant with me. I'm a twin, I'm a twin brother, and we're twins because she was on this drug. So I was like, okay, and it turns out my mum has this blood clotting disorder that she didn't know about either. So I was like, okay, so maybe this is like a, a genetic thing um, between me and my mum, and we look very similar. So, um, and then we did the first month of that, and then we went to the doctor, and he told us that it didn't work. And if it didn't work the first time, it was very unlikely to work um again and that his advice to us was to get um uh, to have basically have surgery on my ovaries um which is a wonderful procedure that you can tell has been named by a man called ovarian drilling oh my god i know isn't oh that my insane god. um and i was just like okay time out like this doesn't feel right um it doesn't it doesn't feel right versus my experience of my body versus the fact that my periods have come back. It, it just, it just wasn't, yeah, it just didn't feel good. So we went and we found another specialist who quite literally wrote the book on polycystic ovaries. Um, and he, you know, I told him exactly the same story and he kind of looked at me and I was carrying, I've had this scan of my ovaries just when I first got diagnosed with polycystic ovaries because they were looking for cancer in my pelvis. Um, and they told, and you know, so I had this scan, like it was a baby scan I was carrying around and I showed it to the, the, the specialist. Um, and he was like, I don't think you have polycystic ovaries. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like I have this picture. And he's like, look, 25% of women's ovaries look like that and function perfectly fine. He's like, I think you were really, really ill. Um, and your body shuts off non-essential functions when you're ill. Um, you lost a lot of weight. I lost like 20 pounds and I didn't really have 20 pounds to lose in the first place. Mm, um, and he's like, I think if you, you know, keep putting on some weight um, and I think you'll be fine. And then funnily enough, my period came back the day we saw him um, and we got pregnant. You know, we did the, we did the ovulation sticks and all that, you know, like positive and we got pregnant like literally first try um after all of that and so technically which i didn't know this about pregnancy maths is that you get pregnant you don't get pregnant when you can see technically you get pregnant on the first day of your last period so technically we got pregnant the day that we saw this other specialist and he told um he told us that i was that he thought i was going to be fine so you know and I, I, so I feel sometimes I feel a bit of a fraud telling people that it was a bit of a journey given it happened first time. But you know, we'd literally been told a month beforehand that it was never going to happen. Um, so yeah, it's been, and yeah, still kind of, I can't quite believe that we're here with, um, yeah, nearly six months pregnant. What an incredible <laughs> story I mean my goodness and um, what on earth that other specialist who imagine if you had gone and had that surgery yeah, I know and I actually emailed him a few weeks ago just to tell him um, that I was pregnant and that that I felt that he gave us really bad advice and to be fair to him you know he emailed back with I, I haven't actually read the email um, because I just couldn't bring myself to do it my husband read it but um, he emailed us with like the official NHS advice, you know, so he'd, he'd like followed all of the steps, but mm. um, you know, it really just, I, I, you know, I think it's, it's this interesting kind of high, you know, overlap between medicine and yoga and you know, the lives that both of us live, but like you really do have to trust, you know, medicine is, is, 
is art, not all science. And again, I'm finding out because of my pulmonary embolisms and the blood clot issues that I have, I my pregnancy now is classified as high risk. Mm. Um, so the baby's fine, but um, but you know my risk of any blood clots is, is much higher. So I'm actually injecting blood thinners um, into myself every day. Um, and you know I have a whole team of specialists that are looking after me. The NHS is amazing. Um, but even then, you know, having conversations with doctors, it's all very much best efforts of risk assessment. Um, there's no hard and fast answers. Um, and I just I've just learned a lot from this whole process that that I'm I my judgment isn't as much as factor in this as anything mm. um and that they can't guarantee anything and so i and i'm you know me my husband my family are going to be the ones that have to live with the outcomes and so you know we need to be i mean we need to own the decisions that get made as much as they do absolutely absolutely gosh that's absolutely incredible absolutely incredible i mean what a little special baby boy yeah yeah so it's you know i kind of you know we we were talking about adoption and all this kind of stuff um and now i'm like well if it's this straightforward and like i'm you know being pregnant to breeds maybe we'll have just loads of kids and my husband's like let's just start let's just have (laughs) one (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so funny but i mean it just goes to show doesn't it that the body knows what it wants like it refused the hormonal treatment that you were using because it didn't need it and then you know Prega's first try yeah. Hendrik and I were the same I literally got my period back so I, I lost loads of weight for my wedding yes. and my honeymoon um, and then the doctor said gain weight, gain weight so I did and then my weight eventually came back and my periods came back and then we tried first try and we got pregnant so I think the body does know what it wants and what it needs and there are so many women out there, so many women out there, who don't have a period. And, I, I mean, from our experience, all I can really say is, you know, listen to your body. If yeah. if you're not eating, you know, especially with the whole clean diet, clean living, it can go way too far. I took it way too far. I know I did. And eat. Yeah, and it's the fact that it was, you know, the moment that I put weight on, mm. that everything started correcting itself. You know, and it's great prep for pregnancy, right? Like, you, you start, <laughs> you know, the, the, the weight gain thing is real. It sure is. I mean, let's let's talk about that because I don't know if you listened to my podcast where I was saying that I, I am really struggling. I mean, I, I think I definitely have had an issue with kind of body perception over kind of the last be- couple of years especially and always being very aware of my weight and if I put it on you know getting back on it and losing it and obviously you can't do that in pregnancy like you can stay strong and stay fit but if the weight's going to gain it's going to gain and it will like it will we're building another human being and we've got supportive mechanisms the placenta all the extra fluid it's going to happen and because I'm quite short I mean, I'm only five foot three, so (laughs) I haven't got that much space, like, between my boobs and my pelvis, like, there's not a whole load of space, so I, um, I kind of, with teaching prenatal yoga as well, I see so many different mums carrying their babies in so many different ways, I have a lady in class who's the same amount of weeks as me, and you would not know she was pregnant, I haven't seen, like, you just cannot tell she's pregnant, um, and for me, this has been a real struggle, and actually still is. How do you feel about your weight gain and 
It's, I, I, I really, I'm not really into these pregnancy apps that like tell you how big the baby is because the baby is really small Yeah. <laughs> for like a really long time. Even now, you know, I'm whatever, 24, 25 weeks. Like, I think I checked on the app this morning and it was like, you know, the baby weighs like, like 800 grams, 900 grams. I'm like, dude, I put on, you know, like... <laughs> It depends on where you measure, because I lost a bit of weight at the beginning, like, you know, between 10 and 20 pounds, like, if if you're telling me the baby isn't one pound of that, then, like, what am I doing? Um, Yeah, look, I was, I, again, you know, I'm tall, so I have a lot of space, and I didn't really show at all until I was, like, morning and evening were different, but between, like, 16 and 18 weeks... Um, so it was, it was less, and even now, you know, I'm, you know, I, I have people, you know, I tell people I'm pregnant and I call, you know, four months, I'm like, no, nearly six. Like it's, I look small for, for where I am. Um, but yeah, it just, everything's different. I, 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 the body image thing, you know, and I, and I have this kind of, I guess, public persona on, on Instagram with my yoga. And so I feel like my body and things are very out there. And I, you know, it's not, I, I've never looked this version of myself before, which I know is true for every first time pregnant woman, but like, you know, I've always been very tall and skinny and not very womanly. And now I feel, you know, very womanly. And so it's, look, it's not, I'm so happy to be pregnant and I'm really, really enjoying it, but it's definitely not my favorite version of my body. Um, But it's, you know, I'm I'm more chill about it than I thought I would be. um, And I'm hopeful that 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 will last. I'm more, I'm more focused on trying to be, I think it's easy to be okay with it now when there's a baby in there. I'm more worried about how I'll feel when the baby's out. It takes me time to get back. Um, if I ever go back to where I was before. Um, so I'm really trying to take this time as a practice time of being kind to myself and loving my body because I know this is actually the easier bit and then it's going to be harder, um, you know, the three, six, 12 months after he's here. Mm. I think that's great advice. I, I really do think. I mean, a lot of people have reached out since kind of my last couple of podcasts and said exactly the same thing. Like, now is the time to be kind to your body, to accept, to just surrender to everything. And, you know, then you're going to feel even worse when a baby comes out the other side. So I think I do. I just need to kind of scrap this mindset and just actually give into it and just surrender to it and. You know, my, my sister said to me the other day, you know, you're talking about apps just now. She said, she's like, hang on, if the baby's like the size of a kiwi, why are you so big? <laughs> exactly. It's just not helpful at all. Well, I did just find out on one of my apps, you can switch it from fruit to animals, which is way more fun. Oh, um, which app have yeah. you got? Okay, so um, I'm like getting my phone out here. So it's the, um, the Pregnancy Plus app. Oh, I haven't got that one. Okay, I'm going to get that one. Yeah, that sounds fun. way more fun. <laughs> like, you know, like, a couple of weeks ago, I would have had a kitten, and now it's a bunny, and I was like, okay, this is... Oh, I like that better. Yeah. That's better. Because yeah, I think... I'm going to switch. So you're 15 weeks, right? 18. 18. 18 weeks. Yeah. You're your baby hedgehog. Oh! Which is way more fun. Like, <laughs> it's way more fun. A, a or whatever. So a pomegranate. Baby hedgehog's way more fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I, I think I went out for dinner with a couple of the prenatal girls the other day and they were saying, um, uh, what fruit are you? And I was like, oh, well, I was a turnip last week and I'm a bell pepper this week. And they were like, hang on, bell peppers are smaller than turnips. I don't understand. <laughs> the whole thing's really weird. <laughs> and, I think, and I think it does, now I'm really getting kind of noticeable. I think it gets, the bigger the bump, the easier it is because yeah. it's more... It's easier to appreciate that it is it's baby. It's not just you, quote unquote, getting fat. Yeah. Um, you know, and I make jokes about that, but it's you know, but it's but it's 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 not. And, and I know again, you've talked about all of this, but like I was ravenously hungry up until about four weeks ago. Mm. Like I just could not eat enough food. Um, and, I, and a couple of people said to me that it that it fades, and I'm out of that stage now, which is so 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 nice because I just couldn't I couldn't deal with having to eat like all the time. Yeah, it was crazy, and so now I feel a bit more like okay, fine, I'm not just going to keep eating and getting bigger forever. Yeah. Um, well, I'm hopefully going to keep getting bigger, but it'll be it won't be because I'm eating a loaf of bread at a time. Yeah. So what's what is your diet kind of like? Have you got any go-to snacks in particular, or were there things that you just hadn't? I mean, for instance, my my cravings went back to like my childhood foods, things that I used to eat when I was little. Have you found something similar, or what's your diet been like? I found it really hard to know whether I'm just eating stuff, whether I'm just giving myself more permission to eat what I want, or whether it's an actual craving. Yeah. So I'm definitely like sweets bread um burgers and chips and that kind of you know kid food and I wasn't eating a lot of meat before I got pregnant um and and I've gone back to eating more meat now um it just feels like what I need um but again like I don't know if it's weird craving stuff or my in the first trimester I ate a lot of ginger biscuits my husband thought that was weird but that was to kind of starve off any hint of nausea yeah um so yeah to be honest I'm not thinking about it too much um I'm I'm eating less fruit and vegetables than I would like (laughs) um just because I feel like I need more I've definitely, if the choice, give me a choice between a salad and a sandwich these days, and I'd always rather eat a sandwich, whereas that was just not true before I got pregnant. Um, but all I think it was. Carbs. Yeah, <laughs> it I really know, is. Like all carbs. Yeah, it really is. Oh! Let's give me cat. Rebecca's cat's just made a little. Um... Little uh, appearance on the video. Guys, if you've seen me on Instagram, you'll know. Um, you'll know the cats. They're being happy, quiet now, so we'll see so like, like, they speak up in a bit. When I was reading about pregnancy and kind of, there was quite a bit of stuff about cats. If you have cats, what you can and can't do. So let's just touch on that briefly because I'm not yeah. a cat person. So as an avid cat lover that you are, yeah. So I'm you... officially off cat litter duty. Oh, that's um, nice. Been <laughs> so that's a nice, a nice perk. Um, but that's the only kind of big difference. Our, our guys are house cats, so they don't really go, you know, go into the garden, but they don't go out. So we don't have, I'm not too worried about some of the other stuff, mm. that the other advice there about kind of, you know, disease and things that they can bring into the house. Um, but it is something that I'm quite aware that we're going to have to think about when the baby comes, especially with our guys who are like so social and cuddly um, that I think the thought of, for them of like a small, milky, stationary um heat source sounds like a great idea yeah 
significantly larger than the baby's going to be um so you know looking at netting for cots and all of this kind of stuff to keep um to keep the cats out of out of the um the cots yeah um but i figure loads of people have done this before us so yeah and they don't our cats they're very friendly but they don't like noise so i'm not sure whether whether they're going to be that enamored with the baby Yeah, there must be tons of stuff online about this kind of thing. Have you looked or? Yeah, it thinks it's all, and it, you know, and I found I'm really wary of this like advice in pregnancy stuff. And I found, you know, again, you know, with my yoga practice um, and teaching and, you know, putting a lot of it on Instagram, like the advice that you get from people, I, it's just, it, 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 it's awful. I, you know, some of the stuff that people have said to me on social media, you know, that I shouldn't be doing inversions because the baby's head will be out of water. I'm like, you, you don't even know basic biology, and that yet you, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's ludicrous. If I did, you know, I'm doing, doing research into the cat thing. Um, I did a lot of research, um, into, you know, pregnancy and fitness and, and yoga and what I, you know, and I'm a qualified yoga teacher. But I didn't. I haven't done my prenatal qualifications like you have. Um, but you know, it, I had a one-on-one lesson with a really good pregnancy teacher. But even that, I'm just a, a lot of it. I'm taking with a bit of a pinch of salt um, and kind of working out what works for me That's because awesome. I feel like so much of the advice. I feel so much of the advice is written by men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, it, what is official advice now wasn't official advice. 5, 10, 20 years ago. So they're probably going to change their mind in another five years anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a sensible way to look at it. And as far as kind of yoga practice goes, which you've totally done, because same as me, I didn't practice in my first trimester. I did not want to. It was the last thing I wanted to do. Mm. Um, But now my practice is just starting to come back. But what I, obviously seeing you practice and teaching kind of you and guiding you when I I did my yoga brunches in London... um, I've seen your practice, but it's, it seems to be a very much a practice built on what feels good in your body. So you're very conscious, aren't you, about kind of your body and where your limbs are going and what feels nice. And you're an experienced practitioner. You've been doing it for a long time. So you're not going to suddenly do something that doesn't feel good. And if it doesn't, you'll, you know, step back. Is exactly. that kind of what you felt? Yeah. I mean, I'm modif- my, any modifications in my first trimester, it was super binary. Either I had enough energy to practice and I practiced pretty much the same I was not I had a really deep natural twist and so that was the only thing that kind of came off the menu in my first trimester but you know up to the point I could lie on my belly I still did all of that stuff you know I was inverting um even inversions that I could roll out of safely like pincher I was I was doing um but there were days when I was exhausted and I did nothing so like it was all very binary in the first trimester now I'm much more restricted by the bump. And so the bump's telling me what I can or cannot do. You know, I can't lie on my front. Um, I'm not comfortable rolling out of um, pincher anymore. So, you know, I'm, I need a spotter. I'm using a wall. Um, I, again, this is subsided now, but when I was about, when I was kind of 15 to 18 weeks, I really started to feel my pelvis moving. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, that, those front and back, 
pelvic joints that I've never felt before. Um, and I'd get in certain poses like Warrior 2. Anything that kind of shearing motion, mm. like, felt really bad. And again, from reading a lot of this stuff, and I was like, I just don't... It's easy to... I'm, I'm, now I have a level of flexibility, it's easy to push that too far. And so I was really, as soon as I felt that, you know, I had a number of weeks where I didn't do a warrior, a warrior two, mm. you know, and then people have messaged me about, don't invert, I'm like, that's the least of my problems. Yeah. Like, my pelvis feels amazing when I'm upside down because it's got no pressure on it. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's felt, I'm, I'm really grateful that I had such a strong foundation in yoga before I got pregnant because um, it's made... Um, I think it's made working out what to do now and how to do it safely so much easier for me. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, if only, I wish we were in the same city so I could come to your class. I know, I know, that would be so lovely, wouldn't it? You know, so many people have said that, and I thought, oh, I might try and sneak up to London and do a cheeky sure. little friends prenatal yeah. one. So I think that would be really fun, and you know, we can do dinner afterwards or something. It'd be really exactly. nice. That would be really nice. Okay, so we've talked a little bit on yoga, yoga practice, but I, I'll probably end up coming back to this. Um, mm. But you've been traveling a lot recently. Do you want to touch on that and how kind of you feel traveling and in your pregnancy and doctor's orders, that kind of stuff? Yeah, so because I'm high risk um, and because, uh, because it's related to blood clots and flying is a risk factor for blood clots, um, we've had lots of conversations about whether I should fly or not. Um, the general view is that short haul is fine. Um, my doctors weren't super comfortable with me flying long haul, especially after 20 weeks. So we snuck in a baby moon um, to Miami, like the week, literally the week that I turned 20 weeks. Um, but now I am officially off any long haul flights, which is it's frustrating for me for work because I would normally be in New York, um, you know, three four or five times a year so I can't do that you know my work is really really understanding um but and actually it was funny before we booked we booked the Miami flight um and you know I had I again lots of writing doctors about how to make it as safe as possible um with my injections and with you know my eating moving water and all that kind of stuff but uh, when we landed back in Heathrow after an amazing week away um I yeah I said to my husband I was like yeah I can't even if I could even if I even if they allow me I wouldn't do it again it was it was more stressful than um than I would than I think than I expected it to be um and I which I guess is just all of that kind of beginning mother's instinct kicking in it's just not I'm really pleased we did it um but I'm also really pleased I don't have to do it again <laughs> <laughs> that's so interesting to know isn't it I mean there seems to be so much kind of pressure or not necessarily pressure but maybe it is pressure maybe I just feel it on a personal level but about having your baby moon like I really would like we don't have I don't think we have the time because obviously we're coming into Hendrix very very busy time yeah. of year um, so we don't really have the time to go away for a long period of time. We're going to France in June to see his parents because then because of baby, we won't be seeing them again till November. But I would just like, or I'm craving just kind of a couple of nights away just with him where I don't have to do any cooking or anything like that or work or anything and just where we can just be together and relax and enjoy and even not such just a baby moon, but just time just together. Yeah. I think it's so important. I feel quite like... It, it, it's scary, you know, when you've been to just the two of you for so long. And, you know, I do, 
you know, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm afraid of like what's going to happen when, when we've got this whole other person and responsibility and thing in our marriage. And it, you know, we again, you know, I said earlier, we've been together for such a long time, but it's been, you know, it's just been such a blast. And now, you know, it's just going to get much more complicated. And, and and I'm sure, you know, and I believe everyone when they tell me it's like the best, the most amazing complication there is. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of scary when, um, you know, you go from this life that you've created that you know works really well for both of you um, to something that, you know, you have no, no idea what it's going to be like absolutely how does your husband feel about it do you get kind of any kind of hints from him that he's a bit worried about maybe feeling slightly on the outside he's um he's super chill especially versus me so actually um he's kind of and now now he feels the baby move and he talk and the baby moves when he talks to it and oh, really? um, oh. yeah it's really sweet um so now he feels much more engaged in it than he did at the beginning um and also we're um assuming everything goes to plan um we're going to do shared parental leave so my our plan is that i'm going to take six months off um, and he's going to take the other six months off and we're going to overlap um for four months in the middle so basically i'll end up doing the first two months we'll do four months together and then i'll go back to work and he'll do the last two months by himself wow which we're so excited about um and so i i kind of feel like we're setting ourselves up we're lucky enough to set ourselves up in a way that it's going to be, you know, as equal, I think, as we can manage. Mm. Um, and, I'm, yeah, I'm just very, you know, we're, again, we're in a reasonably unusual position in as much that I'm the breadwinner. And so we can afford, you know, it's actually much more is for me um so so yeah he feels you know even if he's not super engaged in this bit because it's very much about me and my body it, we know that that's coming um and that he's you know he's gonna it's not gonna be babysitting he's gonna he's gonna be looking after the baby as much as i am yeah oh god that's amazing i don't i don't ever really hear of it um much at all shared parental leave but that's it's, that is amazing so nice that you've got that option yeah, it's, and I used to joke that, you know, when people would ask us when we were having a baby, I was like, well, not until there's equal maternity and maternity leave. And then it happened, like, four years ago. I was like, oh, God, I'm afraid to have a baby yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll change the criteria. Um, you know, we're, it, it's, it, it makes me very angry that most companies still don't pay um, men to Absolutely. take uh, shared leave in the way that they pay their women. Um, and I think, actually, it's... A, it's a women's issue because at the moment having babies and looking after them is seen as a woman's problem um and i understand what that's like if you're hiring boss and you know even, even if it's unconscious you know you see a woman of a certain age with a ring on her finger and you worry about this stuff and the more that we can encourage men to take responsibility for the kids that they're having the better it's going to be for all of us Absolutely. um when it comes to raising, you know, raising them, changing the culture, and, and then hopefully living lives and working careers that are sustainable so that we can all see our kids, you know, not necessarily be raising them in the way that we were, that some of us were raised, when you just see your, your dad at the weekend. Yeah. I mean, Hendrik and I, um, we're, we're not in kind of, Hendrik is obviously the, the breadwinner, but 
um, he doesn't actually get any paternity leave. So he, well, he, I mean, he does, but he has to take it as holiday. So because they get more holiday than the norm, he has to schedule holiday as paternity leave. So it's almost like, well, however much holiday you're kind of you want to put here, then you can take it. But it's, I mean, it's it's obviously not like six months or whatever, yeah. like or even a month, really. So it's yeah. it's crazy. So he's kind of we've had to try and like rearrange some holiday to get him, and then he's going to take I think a week of government paternity leave as well to add to that because he can afford to do that. But it's crazy. Like he, that just wouldn't even be an option. Wouldn't even be. An it's option. complicated for you guys because you know he's he does long and strange hours you know we're in a really we're in a really fortunate position right we both work traditional office jobs um you know we work a lot of hours but uh it's it's the kind of perfect setup for this stuff um yeah it's i'm i'm it's i'm very proud of nick that he's going to be doing all of this stuff because you know the only way it's going to change is more people start doing it and it should be people like us that can are in a fortunate position and we can afford to do it that mm. show that it's possible and that it works and then hopefully com- companies get with the picture and start paying people and giving people that the time that they deserve absolutely absolutely you mentioned that um you had the fear or it was you were afraid of what would happen when baby came along yeah. do you have any other fears or anxieties about around birth around motherhood now anything i'm i because because of my you know high risk classification um i still don't know what's going to happen with the birth i don't know whether uh, well, I'm not allowed to have a home birth. Well, I say not allowed. Obviously, you can choose to do all of this stuff, but it's you know I've accepted that that is not a good, yeah. <laughs> a good risk um, for any of us to take. And if if I had been well, that definitely would have been my first choice. So I'm already in a more medicalized situation than I'd like to be. Um, but beyond that, you know, I the medication I'm on is slightly complicated. So I'm doing we're having another scan at 28 weeks to check growth. And so, you know, if it's not growing, it's growing properly fine, but if it doesn't grow properly, you know, then then anything could happen. So I have not spent any time thinking about the birth because I don't want to get attached to a plan that doesn't end up happening. Um, so I'm, I'm maybe, I don't know, maybe I should be doing more research, but I'm just, I'm just going to wait until I know more and then I'll throw myself into whatever it starts to look like um when it starts to look when when I know yeah um the other stuff I'm I'm and, and you know and I it's so interesting like seeing the different friends react in different ways like you know watching you kind of announce your pregnancy and launch at this podcast it's been so lovely like it looks from the outside you know that you've become really comfortable with this identity as mum like Aww. really really quickly um which to be honest isn't is not I'm kind of still fighting against it a little bit I think yeah um I'm quite I, I feel I feel quite determined not to be not the mum not to be my first identity. Yeah. Um and I don't know whether that's just, you know, again, like attachment to the identities that I have as, you know, big career girl, yoga, you know, all of these things that that I'm super attached to. 
Um, yeah, so I worry, I'm worried about losing myself in all of this, um, for sure. Not enough, not enough to do anything about it. I have no idea what I'd do about it anyway. Um, but I'm, I'm conscious that it's, it's something that, yeah, vaguely worries me. I can, I completely understand, completely understand, because even though I've started Mum Talk, it was actually in a way to help me get used to the idea of being a mum, because I still feel about 25 in my body, no older. (laughs) I definitely don't feel like I'm 30 and about to have my own baby. I feel like I'm still very much my mum's baby. (laughs) I'm not ready to have my own. So, And I'm the first one, as I was telling my listeners last week, first one in my family to do all of this. Even though I'm the youngest, I'm still the first one. My sister, she's a big, big, big career lawyer in London, and, um, yeah, she's just not at that stage yet. So... Mum Talk was actually an effort for me to kind of really think, okay, this is happening, this is happening, let's get a bit of help selfishly to yeah. kind of get support and, and talk to other mums to be in mums and um, and also to help others who kind of might feel <laughs> similar. So that's interesting to hear that you feel the same. Yeah. And I feel the same like with my teaching and yoga and classes. I'm like... I'm going to have to give up my time at the studio, but make sure it's there in a few months because I'm going to want to come back. Like, I don't want those slots to suddenly disappear and, like, I still want that to be kind of the thing that I do and my retreats and all of this kind of stuff is still, like, that's... I, I, Yeah, I don't want Emma is a mum, that to be the first kind of sentence that comes out of people's mouths. Yeah. And, you know, and at the same time, like, I don't... I, you know, I have friends that are full-time mums, and I don't, and I don't want, I don't for a second, uh, my, none of this is thinking that that is a less worthwhile way oh, of okay. choosing to live your life. I, I, I would be shocked if that's ever what I decide to do, um, but it's, yeah, it's, just, it's, I don't know, it's just a lot of, and, and maybe it's just natural nervousness of change. Um, Absolutely, but yeah. I think the identity thing is is real yeah even if i don't know what the answer is (laughs) (laughs) but i think it'll change i definitely think it'll change like i think the minute you know little one mum's always laughing at me because she's always like oh you just wait you just wait we were talking about um kind of how i imagined baby sleeping when we bought it home and i was asking mum because obviously you know now the advice has changed have it next to your bed in at least in the same room kind of thing Uh, my my Hendrix mum um, never had it in the same room, always in a separate room in the nursery, never ever from day one. I, with my mum, was, my mum was lucky enough to have a really big bedroom, um, so with my mum, I was in a cot right at the far end, so again, never in the bed or near the bed even, yeah. um, and my mum was able to do that, like she was, you know, she had, she didn't have a great birth, but she was fit and able enough to get up out of bed to feed. Um, and I know that's not always possible, but for me, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not particularly maternal. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to want to have it on me all the time. So I feel like space is, and I need my sleep. Like I am, I yes. am like a need sleep. Yes. So, uh, Hendrik and I were just talking about it this morning. I was like, well, cause I've been offered kind of one of these beds that attached to my bed. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I don't think I want that, but you know, I don't necessarily want it to be in the other room either, but you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What 
do you have thoughts on this? I definitely, I quite fancy, because we're, we're, our bedroom is at the top I'm just going to interrupt you there. I just lost the internet, so just just repeat that little bit again from where your bedroom is. I was just saying that our bedroom is at the top of the house, so the baby's room will be down some stairs to us. Um, So I kind of feel, especially at the beginning when we're doing lots of night feeds, that it makes a lot more sense to have him in our room. I quite fancy the you know the bed, the cot thing that's attached to the bed. Yeah. Um, but I, I joke with my husband so much uh, the really on PC way of saying this. I was like, if we if we get a good one, then you know we can do all of this other stuff. But if we get a shit one, <laughs> then, then all bets are off. So again, like I'm trying. You know, we we have friends that have had kids, but I can count on one hand the number of times I've had, had a baby. Oh, you know, God, right. I have no, I literally no idea. I didn't grow up with lots of cousins. There weren't babies or kids around when I was a kid. Um, you know, I have an older sister, but, you know, I'm, I'm the first one in my family, next and only child. So, like, we, yeah, we, we just have no idea um, what's going on. And I, my, one of my, I read this book years ago and I, rec- I recommend it to people all the time. Um, it's called Selfish Reasons to Have More Kids, and it's by an economist that I love. I used to that I read a lot of his stuff during the financial crisis um, in relation to my to my job, and he kind of wrote this book um, as a bit of a joke on the side. And it was when him and his wife were thinking about having kids, um, and you know, like how he was like he's very you know scientific and academic. He was like, how how does one work out what the best thing to do to raise your kids is and you know, do we want what's the right gap and how do I optimize it with, you know, jobs and all this kind of stuff. So we did a whole bunch of research into like, into raising kids. And he basically came out and I'm going to do it, not do it justice of of summarizing, but here, you know, if you are lucky enough to be above, you know, basic economic standards, if you're living like a middle-class life, like, you know, most of us are, um, where your, you know, your basic needs are met he was like, it's it, his, all the research that he he's finds basically shows that, that you cannot fuck up your child. <laughs> um, that you know outcomes the 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 the, net, the nurture thing because you're because we're all naturally have these resources. We're all good enough parents to that level that the outcome variable is pretty much all genetic, and so you can't control it. So he's like, the only thing you can control is how much fun you guys have as a family. Um, and his the whole then argument that he leads this to is that you should have that people overestimate the costs of having small kids. You know the sleeplessness, sleepless nights, the the running around after toddlers, all that stuff. But um, underestimate the benefits of being parents to adult kids because if you're if we if you live to eighty and you have kids at thirty, like you can be a parent to adult child adult children for thirty plus years. Yeah. Um. So his argument is that everyone should have one more kid than they think they want when they're at childbearing age um, and just generally chill out with the competitive parenting stuff. And so I kind of like this book, I love this book so much. I recommend it to everyone. I couldn't recommend it more highly. Um, I'm going to read it. That sounds great. It's so good. And it's kind of that I feel like is my baseline for parenting that like there's a limit to how much damage we can do. And if we just optimize for, for our enjoyment of it as a family, 
um, that, that it will all work out okay. Yeah, it's very good advice. Read that book, well, And is it also cr- criminally easy to say now, intellectually, before I have a baby in my arms, <laughs> I see, you know, somebody registering their kid at the fancy school, you know, some of my pregnant friends have already registered their kids at these schools, and I'm just like, I just can't even, I can't, I can't do it. But it, I, I realise it's when all of this stuff is happening around you and you and you're comparing what you're doing to other people, I realise it's going to get a lot harder. Yeah. But I'm going to try really, 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 really hard just to keep that ethos at the centre of what we do. Yeah, keeping your zone and yeah, I think it's yeah. sensible. It's so sensible. And my one of my previous podcasts, I'm not sure if you listened, but the one with Zoe from Motherkind. Yeah. So she was saying all about that, like comparing and you know what are other mothers doing, what you should and shouldn't be doing, and motherhood on Instagram and all this kind of stuff, and you know and what's out there and how your body should be post pregnancy, how your baby should be, all this stuff. Yeah. And I, I think it's so so easy to get carried away and get wrapped up in it all, and it just make you feel like a whole load of shit. I feel lucky that again with my Instagram, like you know, I have a big Instagram account, and I know, you know, and I, it was one of the reasons I started a blog um, alongside it. So I post honestly on my blog about what my practice is involved every week. Yeah. Um, because you know, Instagram, like. It's much harder to do it now I'm pregnant because I can't get away with it. But, you know, I have pictures that are three weeks, five weeks old that I'd post or videos or, you know, I'm working 50, 60, 70 plus hours a week. Like, I don't, you know, especially in the winter, like, I'm practicing in the dark. I can't film anything. Like, you know, it just, Instagram is not, I know from my yoga Instagram that social media is not real. Yeah. The spirit behind what I'm doing and the energy with which I do it is absolutely real. But the the pictures themselves, the videos, are not an accurate representation of what I'm doing at any given moment. And so I really hope that I will remember when I see the social media mothering that I... I know how these things actually work behind the scenes. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so we've talked about maternity leave plans. So, okay, this is a topic that I'm discussing currently on my Instagram um, about NCT and courses and things like this. What are your thoughts on that? Are you going to do one? Are you not? So we have signed up for NCT. Um, It was the one thing that my mum already mum friends were like you must must do and now I secretly know that one of them was super strident about that advice because she's leaving London oh. <laughs> um, and which I'm really sad about um so she's like you need to make some new friends because I'm not going to be here um so we're doing that um the thing I'm, I'm actually struggling with at the moment and I'd love people's advice is whether to whether to get um a doula or yeah. some kind of other midwife kind of my a private midwife support um yeah I don't know what what are you thinking on it um I think it really depends on how my birthing preferences kind of pan out um at the moment I'm trying to seek as much advice as I can on whether I can actually have a home birth physically I'm low risk so I can if I want to however we are on the very, very best day, all blues and twos, you know, ambulance, we are like 25, 30 minutes from the hospital. It's a I'm long saying time. This, yeah. It is a long time. And, you know, I speak to so many people who are like, oh, I had a birth, I had a home birth. It was the most amazing thing. You must do it if you can. And then I find out they're five minutes from the hospital. 
and I'm and which is most of them are in London most of my friends are in London so I'm like okay well shit that doesn't actually apply to me yeah we have got the perfect house for a home birth and I have a very negative association with hospitals um I have only ever been there to witness death and I've witnessed a lot of them at hospitals so it's not somewhere where I could possibly ever imagine that something positive is going to happen um also I don't like medical intervention I've been very lucky to have an incredibly healthy body so far in my lifetime and I think I've had to go into hospital for one teeny tiny operation when I was you know a couple of years back and that's it so they're not a place that I frequent and I'm used to um so I think if I end up in hospital and that's where I'm going then I probably won't Hendrik does want to be present for the birth and he is he's he is strong he's a strong man and he he will and he does will tell me to be like Emma this is the time you've got to sort your shit out you know you've got to do it and I know that that seems to be kind of you know a doula is there very much for you or this is what I've kind of been hearing a doula is there for you at your moment of weakness like to push you on to know your birthing preferences and I feel like all of that I can have with Hendrik yeah if I'm at home on the other hand I'm not sure because I am I'm not too sure how many midwives you get when you're at home how many are available um I feel like if there's only one midwife who is purely and should purely be about the health of me and my baby, I may well need, I may well feel more secure having someone else there and Hendrik. Um, Also, Hendrik's not great at seeing me in pain. So I'm slightly concerned that Hendrik, although I think he'll be able to see past that, he's very, very, very strong man. Um, I think if I'm at home he won't feel like he's got a safety net of almost someone there for him as well so I think it'll depend it'll depend if I really feel like actually home birth 25 minutes on a good day is a bad idea then I won't have one but if I do go for home birth then I think I probably I don't know maybe maybe will or look into it more at least yeah yeah it's weird I feel like once we get once we do our next growth scan um, in in four weeks, whatever it is, then I feel like we'll know more about how all of this stuff's going to go. Yeah. Uh, I kind of my because I know I'm going to be in hospital, and at the moment where it's you know, am I going to have a consultant at birth? Am I even going to get a midwife at birth? I don't know. Um, so you know, I I I am very worried. Very worried. I'm very conscious of the likelihood of of. You know, when when you have a hammer, all problems start to look like nails. And I'm worried that because I'm in a medical environment with lots of medical people, that a medical solution will be the route that people want to go, which is not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm very, I feel, uh, I'm gently concerned that, you know, that... The, the, and obviously, the, you know, the baby, the baby's health is everything. But you know, I'm a person too, yeah. um, and you know, God forbid, we can have another baby. But my husband doesn't get another wife. Um, well, <laughs> he would, I hope, if I wasn't here anymore. But you know, I'm worried. I'm worried about birth injuries. I'm worried about, um, you know, because of my health issues, something happening to me. And so I just. I just want, I, I don't know how I optimise for that scenario yet, 
Um, and because, you know, I'm doing everything under the NHS and they'd be amazing, but we just don't know who you're going to get on the day. No. Um, yeah, so I don't know. We, I've, I've, I've told myself that we'll make a decision after the, after the 28 week growth scan. Um, cause then I feel we'll know more what we're actually dealing with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely, uh, it's, I'm not sure what the right thing to do is. I think it's hard to know. Have you ever thought about an elected elective cesarean or anything like that? It doesn't appear. I, that feels really like really, really, really not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, like hardcore abdominal surgery feels like a bad plan. Um, and I feel like you know I'm, I'm with all my health issues and then being told that we can get pregnant. I have this like real kind of mistrust of my body. Um, and then one of my, my the greatest joys of being pregnant is like kind of learning to trust my body again and realizing that it can do these things that it was meant to do. Um, and that, yeah, it's just been a real, it's been such a joy, um, to kind of learn that about, about myself again. And so I kind of feel, I feel like, you know, the birth is, like, I'm designed to do this. Um, absolutely. And, yeah, so I really, look, again, if they tell me that it's going to be significantly safer for both of us, then I'll do it in a heartbeat, but I'd really, really love not to do that. Yeah, I agree, that would be my least preferred option. Sure. <laughs> and look, I guess elective cesarean is better than emergency cesarean, yeah. so, you know, um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say then. It will come back to me, it will come back to me. Um, Pregnancy brain is real, by the way. Oh, I know, isn't it? I can't, like, I just names things, especially when I'm switching between, you know, a few days away over Easter and going back to work, and I'm just, like, normally stuff that I could just walk back into the office and be like boom 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 i just can't do it i'm like oh you know that person that said the thing about the client that was going to do the what's it and like my colleagues are like what are you talking about (laughs) forming a sentence has never been so hard (laughs) like if i really think that i have to like actually you know knuckle down and do something and really form a sentence i have to almost do what hendrik does you know hendrik's french so he always does this before he makes a phone call he writes down like key points and all this kind of stuff and I feel like I have to do the same just to form a freaking sentence <laughs> it really is real and everyone's looking at you and they're like are you okay like, I'm fine I'm fine nothing's happening I just have a pregnant <laughs> yeah exactly I just can't my brain is not quite working the way it used to no exactly do you, I don't know if you find this in your teaching but I do find this in my teaching like I've never ever ever had a problem with like lefts and rights or remembering post names or anything like that but I'm just like yeah, copy me because I have momentarily <laughs> forgotten what this is called. <laughs> so I'm actually I'm not teaching at the moment. Um, yeah. I was teaching a regular class up until I was like four and a half months pregnant, and it just got too much for yeah. me with work. And I had some workshops coming up, and I was like, I can't teach a three-hour workshop um, one weekend day, and then teach a ninety-minute class like and work you know, 60 hours in a week is yeah. too much. So um, I'm not teaching at the moment, but I, I can, I mean, I, I'm bad enough in a class. Like when I was <laughs> taking up classes this weekend, you know, every time you know, a teacher would be like left foot and she'd like back at other left. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can see people doing it. I'm still not doing it right. Are you going to normal classes or are you going to prenatal or what are you doing? So I have gone to prenatal class, but I have stopped. I was easily doing between two and four classes a week before I got pregnant, Mm -hmm. as well as quite a lot of self-practice. And I am not even averaging one class a week at the moment. Um, I am really conscious of the fact that I am still a pretty ego-driven person. And in my self-practice, I'm very good at, at just doing what it feels right and what's safe. But I know I would find it much harder in a class when a teacher instructs to do something that I know I could do. Um, my instinct is just going to be to try it. Yeah, and I, and I just I wish I was a better person. I wish that wouldn't be a problem, but I'm honest enough to admit that it is. Um, and so I'm just not putting myself in that scenario in the same way at the moment. Yeah, answer this question honestly because I I have my own thoughts about this. Are you put off going to a prenatal class? Yes. Yeah. I think it's just going to be rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I really strong practice you know I'm like I'm you know chatterangering my way through everything I'm like pipe pressing into a five minute headstand hold like I just I just don't want to sit and like kumbaya for for an hour no (laughs) which I can understand and I think this is it's really it's it's totally normal because I would also probably not go to a prenatal class um but it's it's uh it's not unfortunate it's just not all prenatal classes are like that and I know that most people including me have the same thoughts of going to a prenatal class but all I can say is come to mine obviously yeah I'll come to you because it's um so straight I mean we focus on strengthening we we're not into we're actually all very close in pregnancy at the moment so um, we are very much focused on strengthening. It's a strong practice. Chaturanga is still very much in our practice. Um, and breathing techniques haven't really come in yet because we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, towards the end, maybe a little bit, but it is a full practice. It's a full practice, which is really refreshing, I think, for a lot of the mums that did come because they were like, you know, I'm just going to try it out and I'm still doing normal yoga, but I feel like I might need to make the transition a bit like you, you know, I... I can't really do everything that they're doing in class, but I want to. It's frustrating. Um, So I I think they're quite kind of glad to have found something. Because really, for me, prenatal yoga is about preparing for birth. And you've got to be freaking strong to have the baby. It's the most physical thing, you know, we're ever going to do. And so, yeah, I... You know, I think it's probably one of the things at the back of my mind why I really started yoga a few years ago because I wanted, I knew, I hoped that this would be coming, and I knew, and I needed to prepare myself for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd love if if anyone's got any good strong prenatal yeah. teacher recommendations in London, um, let Emma know and she can let me know. Absolutely. Are you doing anything aside from yoga, exercise wise? No. No. Um, I used to cycle a lot, and actually that's why I started yoga, because I got hit by a, um, a van um, cycling to work and broke my collarbone and smashed my shoulder and all sorts, and I needed something to help me help heal. Um, so I cycled... I, I was cycling up until I got ill, and then I stopped because I couldn't. Cycling on blood thinners is a bad, <laughs> is a bad idea if you do come off. Um, and I've just never gone back, basically. I... Yeah... 
Um, so no, I'm just doing yoga, um, and it, yeah, that feels right for me at the moment. And like, like I'm in London, like we walk a lot, we have a car, yeah. you know, pretty active in that way. But yeah, I don't do anything else. Amazing. Um, so on to kind of, I'm always thinking in my head, like when do I, when should I do the nursery? When's too early? When's too late? So what are you thinking about that? So we, I'm so proud of myself. I haven't bought any thing. Yeah. Oh, we just lost Rebecca, it seems. Hang on, hopefully she'll come back. Hello? Oh, you're back, you're back. Okay, I lost you. I lost you after you said you had bought that thing, but you're back. Uh, Shall I just repeat that last bit then? Yes, please. Well, I was just saying, I'm really proud of myself. I haven't bought a single baby item yet. Um, I feel like once I do, the floodgates will open um, and I won't be able to stop. So we were actually meant to go and do one of these like John Lewis nursery appointments. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've done those. Um, we were meant to do that this weekend, but we had to cancel it. So that's now been pushed out another month. So we, we've, we've done some stuff in the house. Like we had to move some furniture around to, you know, for the, for the nursery and things. So that's done, but I haven't, I haven't bought anything else yet. And I kind of, now, now I'm through 24 weeks. I'm like, we should kind of think about this soon. (laughs) Um, but again, I'm trying, we've had some friends that have given us some stuff that they're not using anymore. Um, I'm, I'm really going to try and not just throw money at this problem. Yeah. Stuff that, stuff will not, it will help to a certain extent, but it's not gonna. It's not gonna give me twelve hours of sleep for the next twenty years. Absolutely, you know. I made. I made like a tiny. Hendrik likes lists, and in his mind, he's kind of panicking about stuff we need to buy, like the necessities, cotton, all that stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna start a list for us, and then anything that you think of, you can just write it down the list, and then it's out of our mind. We don't need to think about it for another couple of months. Because um, we're the same, we've got to shift out. Currently, the nursery is the office, and Hendrix like work uniform stuff, and so we've got to shift all that out and find a new home for everything and fix floorboards. We've cra- that room is like full of cracked floorboards. Yeah, we had to like carpet. We, you know, we've got carpet laid and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we, we need to. We definitely need to do that soon. But as far as kind of. Um, actually furnishing the nursery where I don't want to do for a little while at least until kind of where you are now six yeah. months yeah. have you got your it, go on the, the John Lewis thing I don't, again I don't know if people have done it but apparently you can order everything and they deliver it you know they deliver it later down the line as well so yeah. I think maybe that's a good idea so did you go for John Lewis um, for anything in particular or did you just, was it the ease, is it? Well, they do this thing, um, a couple of my friends recommend it, where you have like an hour and a half appointment with one of their, you know, nursery people and they take you through all of the stuff. Oh, wow. Um, show you the different things. And, you know, obviously then you're kind of, I guess, feel a bit bound to buy it from them. Um, but just I thought the, the conversation about, you know, all the different things together would yeah. be helpful. Like, if we need a car seat, do we want a pram that has the car seat that goes on the pram? Or, you know, or... or I just felt having one conversation about it all at the same time would be really helpful for us, given we have no fucking clue what we're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Have you any idea on what pram that you'd like or what you definitely don't like? Um, 
I like never pushed a pram in my life. Um, no, I, I love this question. I love that you've asked lots of people this question. And I have jotted some bits down. I can't, you know, we live in London. We don't have a car. So I want something, you know, we have a very small front hall. Like I want something small and light. So I feel like a bugaboo is probably not the right route to go. Um, so apparently mamas and papas is quite good. Yeah, I've heard that. You know what? My mum, back in the day, had mamas and papas. Had a yeah. mamas and papas pram. She was like, it's they're so good. They're so good. And I've... Because I was originally looking at, like, I hate the name, but eye candy. Oh, I, oh, I don't understand where they got their name from. It's a hideous <laughs> name. But um, it's... Because we would like to have... Or kind of one of the things... I was trying to foresee a second child... So I would like to have a pram that you can double up. Yes. Um, and not all of them do. And eye candy is very robust and very good reviews for that kind of thing. And one of my clients said, oh, it's the best pram out there if you've got to double up. Um, but um, I was looking at the mamas and papas as well. And also there's a um, Jules one as well. But again, it comes down to everything, like how much money you want to spend because they are so yeah. expensive. Yeah, a, f- a friend of ours has given us their old car seat. We, we don't have a car, but we use like zip car. And so I'm really, there's, I think there's a bit of a sweepstake on in the office about how long I'm going to resist having a car for because everyone is convinced you cannot have a baby and not have a car. Um, and I'm determined to prove that that is not true. Um, but we have a car seat for, for zip car. So I'm like, okay, fine. Like, at least I don't have to spend any money on those because those yeah. are super expensive as well. So expensive. So expensive. Um, what else have we got? So is there anything else that you're kind of thinking about buying that... Anything else? <sighs> anything else that's on the list? Um... I've been opened up to a whole world of things like breast pads. Oh, so a friend of mine actually sending some of these to me from Hong Kong that have been around all of her friends and everyone swears by them. Um, I wonder if I find the name. They're called... They're like... This sounds like something... this, This blew my mind. They're silver nipple protectors. And, um, you... You, you know, put them on your nipples between breastfeeding, basically, um, and they help you heal and stop. She never had any of, like, the nipple nightmares that you hear about people. Yeah. Um, and I think they're, like, you know, she's like, I'll send you mine, but they're not they're not crazy expensive, like 25, 30 quid or something. Um, I wonder if I can find the name. Um, and they are actually silver. Yeah, they're called Silverettes, Birth Angels. Um, and she and all her friends out in um, out in Hong Kong and Singapore are sworn blind by them. So those are definitely on my list because I'm my I'm I really 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 hope I get to breastfeed. Yeah. Um, I really and I know again, you know, not trying to be too attached to it. You never know. And I'm not going to flog a dead horse. Um, but. I really, really hope um, we can do that. Not least of all, because I have some ambitions that in the four months that Nick and I are off together, it's going to be winter. It'll be like October through January um, in London, which obviously is not the best time of year for like hanging around with a small baby to entertain. So I have a not so secret ambition to decamp um, to Australia for at least two of those four months. Oh, amazing. Um, and I think a 36 hour journey will be a lot easier if I'm breastfeeding. Yes. And my, again, my, Nick's a bit, 
he's he's on board but it's made me promise that we won't book anything until the baby's here um which i which i think is probably sensible so we and i'm kind of like i'm like i hope i hope he comes a bit early and i hope um i can breastfeed because then i can book some flights and a nice house to rent and we'll go live in australia for a couple of months oh my god that sounds dreamy I think it's going to be the only time we can ever do it. Um, you know, there's no way I'm doing long haul flights with a toddler because that's um, that's batshit crazy. Um, so I figured with a small baby, it's easier to do. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we we I hope this won't be our only child, um, and so just it'll be much easier with three of us. And I'm hoping that like our parents can come out for a couple of weeks or our friends and. And stuff, yeah. yeah. Oh god. I'm vicious. I'll, I'll, we'll, let's watch this space. See whether that actually happens or not. But that's the plan. Now I've said it in public, and now I have to commit. Oh, it sounds like an amazing plan. I love that plan. God, I wish we could do that. I wish we could do that. We definitely can't, but that would be nice. So can you believe we've been talking for like almost an hour and 20 minutes? Oh my goodness. I know, it's ridiculous. So I'm going to start to wrap this up. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners? Yeah. <sighs> I feel like I think we covered the stuff that I wanted to cover, which is like, you know, if you're trying to get pregnant and, you know, probably putting on weight is the single best advice I've ever gotten. Um, if you're having an issue with your periods, put on weight. Um, it's grim. It, it feels grim, but I promise that it's worth it. Um, and then, yeah, the... I I have been surprised. Like if someone said to me that I was going to have, to have a high risk pregnancy, I would would have thought it would be much more stressful than it's been. And again, I think this is like something I've really taken from my yoga practice. Um, that just because quote unquote bad things happen doesn't mean you have to feel badly about it. Mm. That so much of the emotional reaction is in in your control and what well, in your control you need to feel whatever emotions you need to feel with whatever's happening you have to let yourself feel them but it doesn't have you don't have to live with those emotions beyond that first few days um and i've yeah again like i really feel i feel like pra- pregnancy is practice like all the stuff that i want to live how i want to live my life once the baby's here like now is my time to practice it um and so i'm really focused on that that's amazing. So what kind of stuff is that? Is there, like, well, like, you know, like the being kind to myself, the um, the the not the comparison. Have no matter what happens, and not be attached to things that I can't control, like the birth and all of these kind of things. That these are so much of. of everything's going to be out of my control once once he's here because it's a whole other person that I'm going to, you know, yeah, it's my kid, but you have no control. As a, you know, we, we're both lucky enough to have our parents still around. You know that, like, my parents haven't been able to control me, you know, since I was knee high. So, like, I know this is going to be another person in my life that I can't control at all. So the, the sooner I get used to not being attached to controlling outcomes, the better. Yeah. I remember one last question I was going to ask you. Maternity clothes. So I noticed on your Instagram mm. the other day you said that you were in your freaking jeans, <gasps> which I literally cannot believe. I want to, I just want to grab you. <laughs> I, 
I, I say I'm wearing jeans. I'm wearing, they're quite low. Some of the ones I'm still wearing are quite low cuts. They go yeah. under the bum. Yeah. And I have to wear, like, something long with them. Yeah. So I have this, I have, I have a total sleeveless coat addiction at the moment. And so I wear my sleeveless coats with them because because you can't wear a belt. Like, there's, there, there's basically way too much underwear, lower back showing um but if I cover it it's fine um and also I don't wear jeans very often like they're kind of you know an occasional Friday to work thing but at the weekends I'm just in yoga gear so I have not bought any maternity clothes yet um but I don't think I'm going to be able to get away with it for very much longer <laughs> have you kind of been looking at brands or anything like that because maternity wear has definitely been a question that a lot of people have been asking I feel like it's one of the reasons why I haven't bought anything because yeah. I haven't seen anything that I like. Yeah, and, me too. And, and, I, and also, it's really hard to know if you know how big you're going to get. Mm. Um, and it's going to be really hot when I'm well, well, when we're both really big. Mm. And so I, I just, I don't know. I, I, my assumption is I'm going to have to buy some stuff to wear to work um, because my work style is everything fitted at the waist <laughs> which obviously I can't do anymore so at the moment I just can just like not wear belts with my dresses or wear them a lot higher um but yeah so I'm gonna have to buy some work stuff mostly I'm actually I say I'm not buying maternity gear I started I've had to buy some new yoga gear because it just got way too explicit <laughs> in my old stuff um but I'm just sizing up so I would wear a small um in most things before and now I'm buying a medium yeah it's fine yeah um but i know that's probably not going to be the case with uh real clothes but yeah i, I the whole thing just doesn't really appeal to me to be honest no me neither and there's like there's absolutely fuck all that i can find that i actually like i mean i i in an emergency went into h&m and bought um like a pair of jeans and like a long kind of shirt thing um, which was, you know, that's all, that's it. And because I don't, you know, I work from home and my work is yoga, I can live in stretchy pants and big jumpers. Yeah. And Hendrix's like, can you not put something fitted on so you can actually tell you're pregnant? And I'm like, well, no, not really, because actually my style before was really baggy. Like yeah. my relaxed style when I'm not teaching is baggy stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't really, I just, I just look fat at the moment in what, <laughs> what I'm wearing. <laughs> But I definitely will at some point need to get some new yoga gear, mainly bras, for sure, yes. because my boobs are... Well, I just can't wear a yoga bra at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's not great, is it? Like, the even when you go on ASOS, I'm a bit like, oh. And because we're in changing seasons, so, you know, it's still cold, but the minute it gets sunny, then I will have to get some dresses. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing is kind of rubbish. And also, like, baby clothes. I... I the idea I've seen around these like subscription boxes where you kind of like you know they send you clothes every few months for the kids I was like oh Jesus I don't have time to shop I'm like quite I have quite a strong view on what I kind of clothes I want him to wear I don't have time to like go and find them so like how amazing if I could just like find someone that's got style that I like and they'll just ship me um the stuff the clothes yeah but no one does it for small babies it's for like kids like three and upwards and I'm like but so I need someone to fix this problem for me <laughs> now so if anyone if there are any good boy baby subscription services I'm hoping we can get away with it for the first few months because it'll be summer and he'll just 
you won't need to wear very much. Um, but yeah, the thought of spending loads of time trying to find baby clothes does not fill me with joy. No, me neither. I kind of get under the impression or hoping that anything like pretty and nice will kind of be gifts that people give. Yes. And then I will literally just buy like multi packs of white sleepers and stuff like that. Exactly. He's just going to wear, like, black, white and grey, basically. Yeah. It's going to just match the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of an alternative colour for pink because everything I see for girls is pink and I, I'm not a lover of pink. No, really all not. the girly stuff. I, I, again, I do think it's slightly easier having a boy, but, like, all the girly, girly stuff, yeah, not, not great. No, and because, you know, babies look like babies and girl babies look like boy babies when they're born so you've kind of got to make that resemblance through colour yeah and I said to my husband before we knew we were having a boy I was like we're not doing if we have a girl we're not doing this headband on the baby thing no I don't need to prove to anyone that my six month old baby is is a girl like she's probably going to be bored both me and my husband were bored when we were babies like you know um, I'm fine with the gender neutral thing (laughs) we can do yeah well I don't know if you heard my one when I um uh kind of said told Hendrik I was pregnant but I bought these little baby vans super cute little things and they're like a burgundy color and then my friend the other day bought these super cute stripy blue dungarees and I was like oh that's so cool like that's gonna be totally fine and that's what our baby is gonna be because I was yeah I was never dressed head to toe in pink or anything like that no, a little tomboy baby would be great. I know. Well, that's what I was. <sighs> yeah, exactly. And that worked out perfectly well. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up because, I mean, seriously, my podcast, they just, the average time is like an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Everyone, I love, I love what you're doing. And I'm really, um, I'm really um, honoured to be here. So thank oh, you. Oh, no, my absolute pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Just tell people your Instagram handle and your blog and stuff. So if they want to yes. follow your journey. Yes. So I'm somewhat rad on Instagram. That's somewhat underscore rad. Um, and you can find me on the, on the internet, somewhat um, rad yoga. Um, and I'll, if you just put somewhat into Instagram, I will ping up. I am, yeah, the pregnant, the pregnant girl with the cats. Basically, that's what the whole um, Instagram yoga thing is is about. And they are so cute. They are so cute. <laughs> they're gonna have a shock when they're not the smallest, cutest things in the house anymore. I think they're, they're gonna have a shock. <laughs> just lastly, whilst I have you, one last question: Do you think you will put your baby on Instagram? Ooh, yeah, this is a good one. So I don't have super strong opinions about it, but um, Nick, my husband, does. Yeah. And he is very against... I mean, this he didn't have a Facebook until, like, two years ago. Um, he's pretty anti-social media. So his view is there's no way the baby is going on the internet. Um, and in a world where I don't have a strong opinion, I'm happy... To I'm happy to you know follow his lead on that and that look I'm not going it's not I'm not being militant about it like I'd love to ha- to have the baby in you know in my Instagram occasionally in the same way that Nick's there occasionally um, but yeah I'm not going to be doing the full yoga mum thing that you see a lot of um, of Instagram yogis do yeah um, I mean not least of all because uh, you know beyond six months I'm not going to be at home with the baby you know I'm going to be back at work doing uh, so yeah do you, what's your opinion on it 
I don't really have an opinion. Hendrick's the same. Hendrick is the same. Hendrick doesn't get the whole Instagram thing. Like, he's completely oblivious to kind of what it's become. Um, if you go on his Instagram page, it's literally him with surfboards and that's it. <laughs> but he's never really on it. Like, he, yeah, he, he's not a big social media fan. And to be honest, I'm not... Um, if it wasn't for what I did and for my work, I wouldn't be on it either. Like, I'm not a massive mm-hmm. fan of it. However, I do feel like the routes that I'm going, like my podcast, my yoga, and because I look to yoga to get, you know, to get something back from it to live... Um, I think I won't necessarily have as many options. Like, I, I probably will. Will The baby will probably be a lot more part of, part of that, I think. A friend of mine, Hannah, has an amazing um, yoga account. Um, she's Yoga Girl London. I think she's Yoga underscore Girl underscore London. Um, and she has two kids. She had a big career um, and now has two kids. Um, and, and her daughter was born, I want to say, six plus months ago. Um, and her, you know, she's she has her kids in her videos, and it's just so lovely to see. And she does it in a really, you know, it. It's, you know, she has her little baby on the mat with her while she practices um, and that's her life and she's really honest about it and it's not so I, I don't really you know I'm showing it to my husband like there's clearly a way you can do it that doesn't feel that, that for me doesn't feel uncomfortable it doesn't feel like it's about the kids at all um but yeah I just don't think uh, I don't know we'll see what happens but I'll be surprised if we end up going down that route yeah yeah well, that's it. Have you got the rest of the rest, the nice weekend planned? Yes, um, chilled out because I, we I was away over Easter, so um, I'm catching up and got some, you know, life life admin to do. Um, and I've got, you know, I've got some exciting things planned for for Instagram and um, and you know my blog and all this kind of stuff. So I want to try and get as much of that done as I can before um, before the baby comes. <laughs> well it has been so amazing catching up with you and talking with you and I'm sad I won't see you in April when I'm in London briefly but I will be back up I think in May and definitely June so I would love to see you then and I will definitely be um, very much around because I will fully fully be banned from travelling at that point so no more, no more escaping when are you starting your maternity leave? I'm going to try, if I can, um, and kind of stick it out to the end. Um, I'm kind of hoping, technically I'm due on Wednesday, so I'm going to try and take that week and the week before off the holiday. Um, But I know these things never quite work out that way, so... Um, but basically, you know, I have six months to take, and so I would really love to use that for once he's here rather than when I'm enormous and it's hot and I can't do anything beforehand. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Sounds like a plan. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. And there you have it, folks, our ridiculously long podcast with Rebecca. Um, so as always, please let me know your feedback. Let me know if you've got any questions for Rebecca that you have left over. And I am really happy to say that the Facebook page is now live. So if you have any questions, feel free to put them on there. I'm going to check it as regularly as I can. Um, if you want a more immediate response, definitely email me at mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com and I will come back to you fairly instantly. I'm pretty good with my emails (laughs) unless it's the weekend and then I'm not. Um, But yeah, I really hope you enjoyed it. 
and check in with me next week I think next week will again be a little update for me again a much shorter podcast so I'm not giving you loads of podcasts but um I am this week talking and recording a future podcast with a nutritionist which I know you guys have been asking a lot of questions on nutrition prenatal nutrition and also postnatal nutrition and what we can be doing what we can be consuming in our bodies to actually help the healing process and to um, help kind of milk fulfillment and also to keep ourselves sane (laughs) during pregnancy so if you have any questions for nutrition stuff then fire them at me again facebook page or email or always dms on instagram Uh, then yeah do that You can still find me on Instagram at Emma Jolin, just Emma Jolin, which is J-A-U-L-I-N. And um, yeah, find me there. All right, see you next week. Well, speak to you next week. Bye.